another episode of Inspire for Five, where we speak to inspirational people doing amazing things around the planet. Today, we're going to introduce you to Johnny Shannon and Josh Dunford, who are CEO and general manager of postharvest.com. The guys won our second Global Impact Challenge uh, event at the summit in 2019, and they have been doing some remarkable work in agriculture and in the waste products that come from agriculture. So welcome, Johnny and Josh. Thanks for being a part of Inspire for Five. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. All right. So in traditional form, we, we surround the, um, the whole podcast in the number five. I'm going to ask you five questions. Uh, and the first question is simply, who are you? Oh, that's easy. Uh, my name is Johnny Shannon. I'm the CEO and the director of Post Harvest. Um, my background is I grew up in the clean green New Zealand, as I like to call it, and I used to work on my uh, best friend's farm in the summer holidays. I knew that some of the fruit was getting wasted and uh, just getting over-ripened. And uh, later on in life, I was approached by an engineer who basically started to break down some of the scary statistics around uh, fruit and produce waste. And um, from there, I got very, very inspired to help start this company. That, that's myself, but Josh, you? Josh? Yeah, so my yeah, so I'm, I'm Josh Dunford. I'm general manager of Riptime. So I, I like to consider myself a bit of a generalist. So I've had a, a, a vast background crossing finance, uh, product design, development, uh, graphic design. And yeah, so I was, I was approached to become jump on team with, with uh, postharvest.com. And for the last two years, I've been helping uh, run the team. And yeah, I'm just really, really excited about what uh, postharvest can do in the, in the agriculture industry. We're very excited um which is exactly why you won the global impact challenge as well there were quite a few excited people about postharvest.com um why postharvest though can you just expand on on why absolutely well we started off on the basis of what the major problem was with inside the world and i'll throw some scary statistics at you but uh, over 45 percent of all fresh produce is wasted every year so that's that's almost half around the world and it's about 1.3 billion tons worth of food that's getting thrown into the ocean. Uh, a lot of it is wastage and landfill. And it's one of the largest reasons and contributors uh, to the landfill sites, which is uh, the third largest source of uh, methane, which is the uh, greenhouse gas, which is about eight uh, times more powerful than CO2. So it's literally, apart from world hunger, which is another contributor and uh, the offset of things, it's probably the largest problem we have in our world today when it comes to actual food wastage. And it's affecting everything that's... Uh, I mean, you look at some of the stats, it's about three times worse uh, just the fruit alone, not just all fresh produce. The carbon footprint is about three times worse than the entire airline industry. And it's not something that a lot of people look at. We think about how do we become a uh, cleaner country, and our minds often go to things like oil or wastage. It doesn't often go to what we think is natural, but it's actual natural gases that are causing a massive effect in our ozone layer and the carbon footprint we have on Earth. And so we started to think, how can we help change this? Um, like I said before, I grew up doing a lot of work on farms. My background is in SaaS and technology. Started a couple of companies, one being Pushbay, which ended up being just over a billion dollars, ended up doing very well. And so that gave me uh, resources and time to really dedicate myself towards something I'm very passionate about, which is uh, lowering the carbon footprint in the world. And very quickly, this became the number one way of doing it. So our, our mission as a company is to impact and change, um, to impact climate change and world hunger by reducing waste across the entire uh, cool chain system. That's, that's, that's us in a nutshell. So you're addressing two of the global grand challenges, which is absolutely wonderful. Absolutely. Um, so how, how will the device, how will 
post-harvest, how will the device that, that we call right time, how will that change the industry? Yeah, so essentially what we're hoping to do is be able to plug our device into core rooms across the world, starting in Australia, starting here in Australia. So so what it'll do is it'll uh, it'll uh, basically go into the core supply chain. So you might be an apple farmer and, and you'll you'll get all your, your crop and you'll send it through to the retailer before it gets to the retailer, it goes through a, a series a series of storage um, protocols. So it might be sitting in a in a cool storage room for up to you know twelve months uh, before it goes on a truck and gets uh, sent off to the retailers. So our device will sit uh, in those cool storage rooms and is able to start do a couple of things. First of all, uh, sort of track the environmental conditions of that cool storage room to make sure it's the best best possible uh, standard for the produce to be stored in. And then we can start doing some cool stuff with the data we gather from those atmospheric conditions. One of them is predicting uh, market readiness by uh, forecasting the ripeness. So being able to tell the the, the stores when it's going to be the best time to send that fresh produce through to the stores. Uh, and then also through the data we're collecting, start doing things like making sure the you know the quality of the produce is there so that the end the end consumer is getting the best um, quality produce possible. It has such really wide applications. I know that I, I took a group of students to the Walmart distribution center in January this year and just seeing yeah. how they absolutely um, are pedantic about the ripening of their fruits. I think this device would would um, allow them much more um, freedom in the way that they do that. What do you see as some of the other applications um, for the work that Post Harvest does? Our future applications are super, super exciting. Um, I was just on a TED talk just last week and we're going through how it's really the age of senses. So we first jumped into the agricultural market because that's where we're most passionate about is lowering that carbon footprint, increasing food quality and decreasing wastage. But the other applications is things like at the moment, obviously a buzzword, I shouldn't say even a buzzword, but uh, one of the big epidemics we're going through at the moment is things like the coronavirus. And we were measuring down to around one part per billion, which is one of the highest levels of man that people have ever created. It's about 50,000 times uh, more powerful than nearly any other um, you know, product on the market out there, about 100 times more powerful than what we currently are, is our current industry standard, which is called a GC machine or um, gas chromatography machine. And it's about one-tenth to one-twentieth the size. Now, we're getting these things down to the size where we can actually start having this as a portable device. So some of the future applications are things like a police officer could literally walk down the road and if someone walked past them having narcotics or something else, which is a little bit scary, uh, but that could actually buzz off. So in other words, you wouldn't actually need uh, a canine unit to smell those sort of things because this is the level we're getting down to. We're getting data from these mobile units that can be placed and they're the, they're the size of about um, a small a smoke detector. But we're getting to the point where in the next four to five years, we could have these in ships and transport. We could have them in um, bus stops and malls or airports, so that when people walk out, whether or not they have uh, cancer or a coronavirus, that we can generally measure down to around one part per trillion, one part per billion, we could actually get instantly notified, which is a really exciting future application because it means that, look, we're not going to necessarily stop it, but we'll be able to notify, sensor and contain um, some pretty major um, viruses and other things like that in the, in the short future. That's absolutely amazing. Uh, it would be fantastic to have it actually at, at that operational level right now. <laughs> I mean, that was my biggest feedback from TED Talk. Everyone said we wish you started five years ago. Couldn't yeah. agree more. Uh, how do you – so data is a big thing. 
and, and this is still part of this fourth question about the other applications, the data I do believe is, is starting to come into its own well and truly and, and with the data that we're collecting, how are you actually integrating that data um, with the data? Yeah, so we have uh, Internet of Things that goes through. We have a very sophisticated and intelligent software team, which is always the foundation to any decent software. Uh, this It works over the cloud, it puts it straight through, and we have the measurements from working with universities around the world to find out exactly what's the best um, atmosphere for fresh produce to be in. So, for instance, uh, we know exactly how much oxygen apples need, how long they can be stored for, what's the perfect amount of um, ethylene carbon monoxide and temperature and humidity and even altitude. We know exactly the perfect temperature and all these other things that go together. There's about 27 of them. And so when someone puts this fresh produce aside, this device can measure exactly where you are and where it needs to be at the time of distribution. So there's no guesswork anymore. Uh, we've worked with a lot of large companies and big names that if I was to say a name, you'd no doubt know who they are. But a lot of times they're only working off time and temperature. And so we're sort of hitting the market with about 27 other sensory devices and sensory inputs to be able to make sure that that information is accurate. That goes to the cloud. Um, it's... Um, collaborated together through an AI technology and then pushes it back to show the client exactly what temperature, humidity, and everything else that needs to be in so that it gets sent out at exactly the right time. So that way it gets sent to and delivered to the customer at the exact ripeness. Simply amazing. And it, it is quite remarkable what data and technology are able to do and save us and, and lead us into new ways of thinking and new ways of doing. Speaking yeah, of which, absolutely. my question to you is, um, where do you see postharvest.com in five years' time? Uh, I see it uh, transferring a lot. I see it uh, at the moment we've got around 100 clients that have put their hand up and said, we want to trial this, these units out. We're already trialling with some major universities. But if that's any indication, and this is with no advertisement, if that's any indication, we've got some pretty uh, some some pretty conservative reports that show that we can easily get into around five thousand of these large cool rooms. And some of these people, like one client we're talking to right now, has over one hundred forty thousand cool rooms by himself. So these devices are going to get put into ideally all the cool rooms, all the major distribution um, and holding facilities around the world. Uh, we're talking with governments and even things like United Fresh where we're saying, hey, is there a way we can actually, uh, once it comes to the point where it's cheap enough for people to do it, can we actually make this a requirement? So can you imagine Australia saying, you know what, we've figured out how to save food wastage by almost 50%, and all you need to do is have one of these devices in each cool room and storage unit. Okay, if we know that this is one of the largest reasons for the carbon footprint and wastage, we need to make this compulsory that any fruit, any produce comes into in or out of Australia it's tracked and it's measured and it's kept up to the highest standard to make sure we're doing our due diligence. Which is wonderful as far as wastage goes and, and as you say, um, dealing with poverty as well. Absolutely. Well, that's the thing. I mean, um, <laughs> you're going to get me onto my real passionate subject now, but, yeah, there is a lot of fruit and produce wasted, not in just first world nations, but in um, third world nations as well. And even if we had 10% of that wasted fruit um, and produce, we could feed the world. So, it's not just something that we need to do to help uh, people that are in need, but it's also what we need to do now to be able to protect the world from 20, um, 2050. By 2050, if we don't increase our food production by over 50% of what we're doing right now, uh, the world will um, have a hunger crisis. And it's, it's a very real thing. The world cannot produce enough fruit right now for how much damage it's doing to the soil and a whole bunch of other factors. 
and everyone's looking at how can we produce more, but we're, we're sitting here saying it's not how much we produce, it's can we make sure that whatever is produced actually arrives to the customer? Yeah, we've grown into a society who accepts waste in many ways. Yes. We, we pick fruit. If it doesn't look perfect at the supermarket, then then we, you know, we put it back and we pick the tomato or the banana that has the right markings on it according to our likings. Well, it's, I'll hit that point for a second because you've uh, hit another great one. We're actually working uh, with another company at the moment. I won't say who they are just yet because we're doing a partnership with them, but I'm not sure if they're okay for me to say their name just yet. But they actually... Uh, have a whole bunch of what they call ugly fruit and they get it from different uh, distributors around Australia and supermarkets that don't want to accept it, they will actually use, you know, for things like juices and other things because it's perfectly fine fruit, but it's not getting to the customer or to the major um, supermarkets. But we're in the, here in the background saying, well, we've got a sensor because often if you look at ugly fruit, you naturally think like in life, if a flower doesn't look nice, there must be something wrong with it. You know, if an animal looks sick, there must be something wrong with it. But imagine if you could have a sensor that touches the fruit and literally says, no, this is 100% fine. This has been scientifically proven. It is literally just a cosmetic application. It's 100% fine. And we think even that could allow more produce to actually hit the supermarkets. It's an, another um, thing that that uh, gives weight to don't judge a book by its cover. <laughs> yes, that's yeah. it. That's it. Uh, Johnny and Josh, thank you so much for spending some time and speaking with us on Inspire for Five today. We're very, um, very much looking forward to following your success. Uh, very much enjoyed having you as part of our Global Impact Challenge and looking, um, supporting you in any way that we can. So thank you very much for being on the podcast. Thanks for having us and thanks yeah. for the good questions. Thank you. Cheers. Don't forget to become involved with Singularity U Australia in any way you can. Join our chapters, follow us on events, sign up for our newsletter, and we look forward to our next episode sharing with you some more inspirational folk on Inspire for Five.